On this episode of the Back in a Pod, we talk about the win against the Jaguars. If you haven't already, hit subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at the Packers Pod and our new website, PackersPodcast.com. Third down and seven. Rodgers backs up. Throws. Adams, touchdown, Green Bay. Hey there, everybody, and welcome back to Deep to MVS. He gone. J.K. Scott tackling like a newborn fawn. Our boy Bakhtiari getting his extension. Historic Lambeau field energy. Pew, pew, pew. Withdrawn as Green Bay just holds on on the Pack It Up Packers podcast. Mm. Well done. Well done. <laughs> showed, showed more life there than our boys did today. <laughs> yes. This is Ryan joined as always by Josh and Dan. Hello, gents. How we doing? Mm. Holding on for dear life. We've we've won uh, seven of nine, but lately these are not fun games to watch. Like I'm glad we're winning, but, but I mean you think about Minnesota game, San Francisco had its moments where it was just like, can we just finish this? And this game, my lord, I never felt like we were gonna lose, but the entire time I was just disappointed that we weren't winning by more. Yeah, what did you guys feel? Even when the Jaguars went up three in the fourth quarter. I think you had texted it, Ryan, even. It's like, we'll come back. It it, it didn't feel like you're going to lose, but it felt like the sloppiest W possible. And I think we need to start with, off the top, yo, Matt LaFleur, whatever your schedule is on weeks where we have more than seven days of rest, look at it, tear it up, shred it up, start from <laughs> scratch, change it up, my man. It doesn't work. We're bad <laughs> off of buys. We're bad off of 10 days of rest. We lacked life, and it was so painful to watch. That's that's my biggest takeaway is just once again at home, the just low energy. Like it took us, honestly, to coming out of halftime to look like we actually had a little life and a little umph in our step. Um, you know, without that MVS deep play, this game's a lot different. Uh, you know, luckily we got that one and a few others, uh, you know, decent size plays, but man, just overall offensive defensive lines, like just woof, woof. So let's jump right into it. Final score, 24, 20, uh, it, which I think we all were kind of floating around the that Jacksonville would put up 20 points. I don't think, well, I take that back because Dan definitely called special teams being an issue, which <laughs> Lord have mercy were they Got ugly. Uh, between J.K. Scott deciding that he was just going to, in the final closing minutes, pooch a nice little 28-yarder, uh, the return, and then even Irvin just deciding to not field any punts. The amount of punts inside the five were just like, guys, what are we doing here? But Let's start with this offense that really ha- had moments uh, uh, they looked like they were going, but then for the most part just looked like they were stalling out. Rodgers, a steady day, 325, two touchdowns, walking one in. That interception, though, was absolutely the laziest pile of poop I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, running game just struggled. Uh, thanks for going behind Billy Turner every chance we could. That worked out perfectly. MVS, MVS was a stud. Uh 
huge play and then also just fighting after afterwards for yards. But how do we feel about this offense that it just feels <laughs> it feels like we're short a receiver too. But <laughs> what? but how do we feel about today's game? Finn, hit it. It was so disappointing to see a complete lack of a running game against a, kind of an average defense. Uh, to have Bakhtiari back off of broken ribs, to have Aaron Jones and Jamal in the game and healthy, you know, at this point, essentially the only offensive weapon we were missing was Alan Lazard. And it, you know, it looks like he'll be ready next week at this point. But when you look at all the guys that missed the game due to injury, they were specifically around offense and or defense, excuse me, unless I'm missing someone glaring. So the inability to run the ball, we had to keep trying to utilize those quick hit, quick screen passing game uh, actions to act like a running game. And we couldn't connect or block on those either. So I put this game solely on the offense. And my my grand scheme, my big takeaway here is that this was all the offense's fault for for the lack of life, for the close score. If you look at the points the Jaguars scored, the defense really only gave up two field goals and one was off of an interception still. Uh, so a, a punt return for a touchdown, the fumble that they get the ball at the 20-ish or so, they end up scoring on. I think the defense held up just fine. Yeah, we were lucky we were playing, you know, Luton. Uh, but the offense concerned me. I, MVS stepped up. Devontae made some great plays. It's a shame the first touchdown got called back. Um, but, I mean, did you guys catch on to Rodgers missing tight ends again? I mean, Tanyan had multiple That's my deep first shots. note on my page. I was like, bring up to Dan. Tanyan yet again overthrown. And mm-hmm. and he was open. If you hit him, he's he gone. He was gone. He was gone. Yeah. So they've got to work that out because obviously the, the coaches are seeing something that is open. Um, they need to run that play 100 times this week. Like, get that solid and done with. Um, but, yeah, wide receivers. Holy hell. Where are they? I mean, none other than MVS and Devontae Adams had catches. Um, Blows my mind. It it feels like we're going back to last year um, to where we had to depend on – I remember us saying it. Our running backs need 10 catches, combined 10 catches to get a win. Um, And are we going back that direction unless, you know, maybe Lazard comes back and turns us around in the right direction again? But, oh, the the – the production out of the wide receiver group is just just pathetic, in my opinion. Um, but I did want to give Jaguars some credit. Their game plan and how they executed it, they were very disciplined. Their corners, they they made their first decision. They were right most of the time in this game. Um, Sidney Jones had a heck of a game against Devontae and some other wide receivers. Boy, yeah, um, his but, name kept popping up. I was so surprised by their secondary and how good they played against us. Yeah, I think it is frustrating. I I felt bad for Devontae because he finally got that confidence that he is the best receiver, or at least enough confidence to make it vocalized. And then some bad drops. The fumble, I mean, he, he could have gone for a while. I know he kind of got caught right there, but it just was like, like man – uh, it just felt like it was going to be a huge day for him, and it, it stumbled short. I, I I feel like we're regressing, and I know that we weren't going to keep going 40-plus every game. Mm-hmm. But it just feels like – I don't think people have figured out uh, LaFleur necessarily, but it just felt uninspiring. Like it just felt like we we – 
I don't know how many times there was there was a series or three series in a row where I believe we had five or six plays that were going behind the line of scrimmage. So whether it was these big kind of uh, swing outs to uh, running backs, we did like multiple screens uh, back to back. Like it just felt like we weren't going downfield, like we weren't attacking this defense, that we were okay being like, you know what? We'll let our guys dance on the outside, which it wasn't working, and we never adjusted from it. And it's just – it's a weird scenario that I I either absolutely love LaFleur's play calling or I absolutely hate it. There's never been a game this season where I go, yeah, it was all right. Like it just always feels like we're stuck in one one gear or the other. I was surprised that they thought the outside – would be open because I mean we we talked about it in the pre-episode their linebackers are their strength and specifically going sideline to sideline they're very fast linebackers and you saw that in this game I mean Miles Jack and Joe Schobert were pretty much covering the outsides and the corners were feeling great too so you know besides the linebackers the corners are doing great um but yeah I, I I didn't get the overall game plan attack their weakness their secondary was what worst in the NFL I think against the pass or close to it um and it, it I mean we still had I mean even though I'm saying that they still what had 300 and 325 yards through the air so obviously they had a little success but it just didn't feel clean at all how much do you think wind played a role I mean there was definitely some things floating and I think it was more obvious on the kicks that were a little weird but it at the same time, uh, even if it is a strong win, some of these throws, and this goes for more Luton than Rodgers, but they're open, and it just felt like they were just missed. They were more missed than they were, oh, the wind got a hold of that one. Uh, it just yeah. it wasn't I, pretty. I wonder because our, our last game that wasn't pretty was bad weather as well. In hindsight, mm. you know, we weren't too happy with the 49er outcome. But as we record this, they're in a competitive game with the Saints, you know, another one, one of the top teams in the NFC. So maybe maybe that game wasn't as bad as we thought, you know, still pulling out a W. I had heard in pregame that the wind in the second half was expected to be gusting up to 50 miles an hour. And I don't know if that actually came to fruition. But like you said, we saw it on kicks. And I'm I'm telling you, you know, they say at the quarterback level at the the quarterbacks in the NFL, as they attempt to throw in winds once it's above 20 to 25 miles per hour, it has a legitimate effect more so than rain or snow does. Um, So if you're going to double that, then maybe that factors into some of these bad throws we saw from both sides. Uh, But that doesn't that doesn't make up for the lack of life. And. (laughs) A few weeks ago, I asked if it is if it's just not having fans in Lambeau that that's the difference. Um, I think it's a piece of that. You know, I think that trend continues, but the penalties, the turnovers, and just lacking that vocal leader. And it, there was no play better to encapsulate this issue than when James Robinson goes down untouched, gets back up, and gets up for another six yards. Yeah, we ended up touching him down or running him out of bounds, but. Three or four guys should have gone and touch him while he was down, and I didn't see a single guy yelling. You know, I didn't see Amos coming over or Zadarius coming over and just yelling at the entire group. You don't have to specifically call out a single guy, but we just don't have that vocal leader. And I think it, it lacks in these games where you need to sort of artificially build up the energy. I think that's a perfect transition to our defense, who I thought was the lifeblood last year. I mean, you saw it with the D train, and it showed that they had this energy. 
And I completely agree that, yes, the Smiths did show up. Uh, I was glad at some points we finally did added pressure, a fourth guy uh, trying to get in the backfield while playing man-to-man. It's just, again, one of these coaching things that it, it just felt like we were so slow to make adjustments, but there was lack of energy on the defensive side. Uh, I don't even know what more you want to say. Amos came to play again. I'm glad that he did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it, I really do think that if there was probably 20 other NFL QBs we were facing, we would have been in big trouble because there was at least two times that Savage, you could mm-hmm. see his numbers as he's trying to catch people. Like there were opportunities that they could have absolutely ex- just exploded, and they didn't. So. Yeah, Savage eyes are getting caught in the backfield left and right. He needs to stop doing it. it they're going to kill us coming up with Phillip Rivers and their play action um, and and uh, the Bears after that. I mean, Foles? With, I, mean, it's, yeah, I don't know, maybe, maybe not Foles. Uh, but, uh, but but definitely Phillip Rivers. Like that, he's, That's one of their things that they do. So uh, that needs to get fixed, Savage. Uh, get that together. But like you said, my my biggest takeaway, the Smiths showed up. Preston looked good. I, I really think he played. This is probably one of his best games he's played, even though it was ugly still. Still one of his best games. Kenny Clark. What is Kenny Clark doing? Oh, uh, for real? That, I thought he, no, I no, thought no, he no, had a pretty no, active. Wait, he had on, a few good on, plays, me, yeah. No, let me finish. Let me finish. Oh. <laughs> he hasn't been showing up all year, and he finally comes together in this game. All right. Patton supposedly talked to him this week and reset his expectations, had a talk about re-signing the big contract, getting to that point in your life, and not what's next. I don't know what he said, but whatever he said worked because finally Kenny Clark looked like old Kenny Clark. Hmm. I, I did not know he had a, a sit down talking to because uh, with how active he was, you know, they always say he's never going to statistically produce like like an Aaron Donald because the scheme is really just he's got to eat up double teams. I'm like, man, I wonder if the scheme's somewhat different today because he, he seems to be freeing up and able to actually make some plays. So that was good to see if, if that was just a motivation thing. Then uh, that well, really he wasn't sucks. as doubled. Also, he, he had a lot more single. Yeah, yeah, so that helps. And, you know, getting Kirksey was back was nice. I know, you know, maybe not everyone's favorite full time starter, Josh, but uh, hey, I love him still. I have the depth at middle linebacker is going to be much needed. And, you know, we didn't have Kevin King. We didn't have Jair Alexander and we didn't have Will Redmond, who would have been a nice Mm -hmm. add considering all the corners missing. So they they held up. You know, we said going in that we weren't concerned about these wide receivers, and they they kind of had a nice day. Uh, Conley and Keelan Cole were getting open, like you guys said. Uh, we're just lucky that we're playing that quarterback because he missed quite a few gimmies. At, at the end of the day, though, I I stand by my statement that I think the defense was fine. They really gave up one field goal, not off yep. of turnovers, and yep. I think with with all the issues the offense had. If we played the Jaguars 10 times, we win 10 times. I feel like that's the worst we could have played. We missed some opportunities at sacks. We missed some opportunities at interceptions. I think we played a D game for the Packers. If you had to rate the Packers game, what would you put it at? I, I think it was a D game, oh, and yeah. we got a W. And we got a W. Yeah, and, and the biggest takeaway that I yet again am going to repeat, we look soft. The Jaguars are pushing us around out there. They're 1-8. and eight. They, they should oh. not be pushing us around. They should not even have confidence on that field. That's and really yet hard we to let hear. them have it. The Jaguars are pushing you around. That's a hard statement to hear. <laughs> yeah, but they were. They were. 
I almost I just wonder if it was just this perfect storm of wind. So it kind of messed up the game plan a little bit. But I wonder if we played a little bit back in secondary just because we knew we didn't have King and Alexander, that we felt like we needed to get these young guys some extra space to work with. Um, and, and I do think it is something that we're not playing great teams as of late, but it, it becomes this thing of they're more motivated to win in Lambo than we are to just get another W, which isn't good. good point. Yeah. But I do think that there's something to be said of, uh, you know, you have multiple Wisconsin players uh, on the Jaguars. I'm sure there's excitement of being like, guys, we got to win this. And when you have a young group that's inexperienced and they have a chance to win at Lambeau, I think it bolsters them a little bit, not giving a, you know too much excuses for the Packers just kind of being, uh, eh, today. I, I thought it was fine. I mean, assuming that we can get healthy at some point, I still like this team a lot. And oh, yeah, I, I think it sure. further proves that we – we don't necessarily need to be home for the playoffs that let's take care of business as best we can the remainder of the way. But I don't think there is that pressure like there would be in other years because playing in Indy where there's a controlled environment, I, I think we do better. Uh, I, I just, I don't know. It seems interesting that we're in a situation that we thought it would help the Packers uh, and it has more than it probably should. Yeah, I think in a larger conversation, we'll have to have closer to playoff time the value of home field throughout the playoffs. There's a value to the bye week, but the value of home field, I'm not sure, is going to be there. Uh, specifically, I mean, <laughs> if you look at coronavirus numbers across most of the nation, uh, they're pretty bad, you know, without getting political around this. So I don't see the Packers allowing fans in for the rest of the year. I know Minnesota's already made that, that call. Um, but yeah, you could end up. We wouldn't have to, but you could still go to a place like Kansas City that allows 20,000 fans, and then it does have some effect. So that that part will be interesting. But, Ryan, I do want to call out, did you see your boy James Burgess made a couple tackles? <laughs> oh, did trending, he ever? <laughs> trending upward, trending upward. And I just officially have to declare uh, I was right on special teams. I wasn't the only one with that opinion. You know, you guys were backing me up, but I really thought it would take a, a better team, the Colts or the Bears, to score on special teams against us or to block a punt. Uh, didn't even take that long. It, it took a one and eight Jaguars team. <laughs> so let's let's see if they can. I mean, remember last year we wanted Meninga, the special teams coach, let go in multiple occasions. I'm about there again. It's still him. So let's not act like you know it's only going to get better and they're going to shore it up right away. That there's been issues on that um, uh, portion of the Packers team for two years now. Um, but I also called Rayshon Gary getting a sack, and my boy came through. Yes, he did. And he could, again, he was there a couple of times. Uh, yeah, I even, thought they were going to uh, give him a half on that last one. Yeah, too. I think uh, if the, if uh, Loon just kind of scrambles out and flops, I think he gets a half. But that one little touch of the, the foot gave it to Preston. Also, shout out to Josh Jackson not getting a pass interference this game. <laughs> I thought that was pretty awesome. He, he showed up. He he didn't wait uh, to the end zone. He on the uh, on the Cole touchdown, he just made sure to stare it down rather than cover him, just to yep, make sure yep, we got okay. that covered. So. Don't touch him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Kadar Holman. Kadar Holman actually did. I I want to see his PFF right now. I don't know what it was. I thought he had a pretty decent decent game. Yeah, I was wondering yeah. if a lot of the Conley catches were against him. I had to listen to the radio version. I'm only halfway through uh, watching it on Game Pass. Um, you know that. 
you're going to be able to pick on, you know, fourth and fifth string corners. And at the end of the day, they held up, you know, whether it's the quarterback they were facing or they held up. But um, like I said, some of these receivers, we didn't expect to hear their name called at all. And it, unfortunately, Chenault was was uh, not active today because it would have been interesting to see what he could have done. Yeah, Sul- Sullivan had a rough day, I felt, felt again. So we'll see. But we got the W. That That's today, all that yeah. matters, boys. So now we turn our attention to Indianapolis in Indy. I believe they flexed it to an afternoon game. I think it's a 4.30, 3.30 uh, central time. So it'll be really, really interesting, hopefully having Lazard back, hopefully having uh, King and Indian. or Alexander, yeah, because uh, that needs a little help. But we'll see what happens, and uh, stay safe, everybody. Go Pack, go. Go.